Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jacqueline Thornhill, and I am honored to serve as the 97th president. Our club focuses on youth, children's literacy, and we support our active duty military and veterans. We meet on Thursdays at Lowry's at noon. For more information, please visit LasVegasRotary.com or follow us on Facebook at Las Vegas Rotary Club founded 1923, where you can watch a live stream of our weekly meetings. Please enjoy this week's speaker. If you see what we have put on the wheel that describes uh, Andrew Bennett, a good portion of what is here was an article that was written about him. I can tell you that we arranged to have him as our speaker, and when I saw that article published, it brought me to tears. I want to call Lynn Ford to give you, beyond what we have in place, to give you a sense of who he really is, and I invited her to tell us about choice things if she wishes. So Lynn. I'm Lynn Wetzel. I'm the Director of Marketing for Curve and Dope Communications, and we've been working with Andy um, to coordinate um, Andrew coming here to speak. So thank you for having us. We appreciate all the work that you all do in the community, um, and we appreciate the fact that your mission is to really educate and improve the community, and there's no one that is more passionate about that than your guest speaker for today. I've had the pleasure of working with him for the past two years to educate Nevadans on how to keep folks safe on our roadways, and so he is here today to answer any questions and to provide that education and share that with you all. Um, please welcome Andrew Bennett, who is the Public Information Officer for the Nevada Department of Public Safety, Office of Traffic Safety. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. My, as Lynn said and as Andy said, my name is Andrew Bennett. I'm the Public Information Officer. We're going mobile the Public Information Officer for the Nevada Office of Traffic Safety and Program Manager for our state's highway safety program, Zero Fatalities. I'm gonna run through the slides pretty quickly because I do want to allow time for questions. As I have learned in this job, there are several opinions about traffic safety. We wanna make sure that we have the facts out there so that if you have any questions, I wanna make sure that we have plenty of time at the end. The mission of the Nevada Office of Traffic Safety is to eliminate serious injuries and fatalities so everyone arrives home safely. And it's that idea of everyone, that idea of perfection, why our goal in the state of Nevada is zero fatalities. One of the questions that I've often received in this job is why zero fatalities? And I had my boss recently explain it at the legislator better than I ever could. And it's the idea that when you leave your house in the morning, you have a reasonable expectation to see your loved one at the end of the day. And that's why we fight for zero fatalities every day. Andy surprised me a little bit by putting the uh, little bit of the article uh, that was written about me in the Las Vegas Sun on your cover today. And why I fight passionately for zero fatalities is because unfortunately my family received a knock on the door 10 years ago from the Nevada Highway Patrol and informed us that my family would not be reaching zero fatalities that day. And so when I say that I've been in traffic safety for a decade, I start with my time from that knock on the door to today. And it's so important that we understand that traffic safety has to be preventative. We can't react to traffic safety. Everybody drove here today, or walked here today maybe, but everybody goes from point A to point B at some part of their day. And making sure that we can do that safely is our goal. 
In the state of Nevada, we take a, a 4E approach to traffic safety. We start with engineering. If the roadways aren't built safely, we're not setting ourselves up for success. We have to make sure that our roadway users understand how to use those roadways. Sometimes the best education is going to be enforcement. We have to make sure that folks are using those roadways safely at all costs. And then finally, EMS is important because quality access to healthcare, if all else fails and we do have crashes on our roadways, that shouldn't be shocking to anybody, we need to make sure that we have quality access and that people are simply moving over for ambulances. That's something as simple that everybody can do something safely today. One of the words that I'm not going to say today is accident. We believe that there is no such thing as an accident, as 94% of crashes are caused by human error. Okay? A falling tree might be close to an accident, but then I would ask what city was, was responsible for maintaining that tree. Okay? Every single crash can be related to a human behavior error for the most part. There's a few quick gifs in here that I'll walk you through. This one's pretty simple. Okay, we all see this guy on our commute almost every single day. Someone passing us on the shoulder. Okay, did this guy get anywhere, anywhere quickly because he made that decision? He probably had to wait for the tow truck, probably had a lovely conversation with his local police department. This is one of the only videos I'll show you today that was not filmed in Las Vegas because we like to use examples from the greatest city in the world and the greatest state in our union. Where we are today and where we have been in the last few years, unfortunately, in 2018, it was one of the worst years we've had in traffic safety. We lost 331 people on our roadways in 2018 alone. We are the fastest growing state in our union. We had a 2% population growth in 2018, but we saw a 6% increase in traffic fatalities. So far year to date, and unfortunately, I cannot keep this slide up, uh, up to date for how often I give presentations. The last time I updated this slide was on the 7th of this month. That number is now 155 instead of 125. So we've had 155 fatalities on our roadways, which still is a 22% reduction from where we were last year at this time. But having, comparing us to a record year is not a positive. You know, if we were down off of a record low year, that would be great. But, you know, reversing the trend isn't a positive. And as we'll talk about briefly, we do have a pedestrian safety problem in this town. And we've had 38 pedestrian fatalities out of those 125. That number is now 42 out of the 155. We focus on seven different behaviors. I have six up here. We focus on seatbelts, impaired driving, distracted driving, intersection safety, pedestrian safety, motorcycle safety, and the one not listed is speed. Speed kills, and speed's a contributing factor in over a third of our fatalities that we see on our roadways. You no longer have to guess what the leading causes of crashes are in the state of Nevada. We are telling you, this is what's causing crashes in Nevada. We are going to briefly discuss all of these. This, I don't hope this to be a driver's ed refresh, but we often see new laws that come into effect uh, that we want to make sure that we have the opportunity to clarify and then again allow plenty of time at the end for any questions that you might have. Seatbelts are the single most effective thing of saving your life if you happen to be in a crash. 50% of our motorcycle, or excuse me, 50% of our motor vehicle fatalities last year were unbelted at the time of their fatality. In my career in traffic safety, I've worked over 400 fatalities on our roadways, and with the ones that are unbelted, Tuesday night being the same story we see all often, someone was rear-ended, wasn't their fault, but they weren't wearing their seatbelt and they were ejected. It was a completely survivable crash if they had their seatbelt on. All too often we see examples. This is a video from a 
uh, taxi leaving McCarran Airport. It'll loop a few times. I'll walk you through it. Nobody dies in this. This is a relatively minor crash uh, from what we usually talk about. So a few things to point out here. This car was doing legally nothing wrong. In Nevada, you're legally not required to wear your seatbelt in a taxi, an Uber, public transportation, or in an emergency vehicle. Okay, this car was going through a green light. Someone ran a red light and T-boned them. T-bones are very dangerous crashes. Few things I like to point out here. When we ask why people don't wear their seatbelt, we either say that it's uncomfortable or they forget. The uncomfortable argument I think is proven with this video. And then the other reason we hear is that the airbag will protect me. Real quickly, I want you to watch this. What happens first? Does their head hit the window or does the airbag deploy? Their head hits the window before the airbag is deployed. Airbags only work in conjunction with your seatbelt. The airbag can't guess where you're going to be. That airbag was designed for this passenger. We do have a law in the state of Nevada, you are required to wear your seatbelt. I'm not gonna get into the argument of whether it's a primary or a secondary law, it is a secondary law. You can't be pulled over for not wearing your seatbelt, but it is against the law. Uh, children, making sure we have children in adequate seating is a priority for our office. If you have a child under the age of 60 and 60, or excuse me, not a child under the age of 60. <laughs> if, you have a, if you have a child under the age of six and doesn't weigh 60 pounds, we need to make sure that they're in the appropriate car seat. It could be a booster seat, could be rear-facing, forward-facing. We have plenty of information on our website, which I'll share at the end. Driving impaired. Last year, out of those 331 fatalities that we had on our roadways, 186 of them involved an impairment. These impairments is not just alcohol anymore. We see a problem with alcohol, we see a problem with marijuana, we see a problem with prescription drugs. And we'll break those down if I have time. Again, but you know, up until last year, about 35% of our fatalities involved some sort of impairment. That number, again, with 186 out of 335, is now closer to 56% or well over half. Someone dies in an uh, impaired driving crash in the United States every 53 minutes, and it is a problem here in the state of Nevada. We like to clarify uh, marijuana usage a little bit. Uh, this slide is from our college presentation, but we learned that there's a lot of misconceptions about marijuana and driving. You can and will receive a DUI if you are impaired on marijuana. The legal limit, just like alcohol, we have the legal limit of 0.08. The legal limit with marijuana is two nanograms. I'm sure that doesn't mean anything to anybody. To put that in perspective, if you receive a dosage from a dispensary, they're talking about in milliliters and not nanograms. And so anything is gonna be about 100 times more, more than the legal limit. Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that you can receive a DUI two weeks after consuming. That's not true. You're gonna go through the same test, the walk and turn, some balance test but it is one of those where you can't, we don't differentiate between a drug DUI and an alcohol DUI in the state of Nevada, it's just a DUI. One of the things that we've done, and I, I'm very proud to talk about, is the DUI strike team. Has anybody heard of the DUI strike team in the last few months? Okay, the reason why we created this was we had a horrible Labor Day last year. We had 21 fatalities, give or take, around the few days of Labor Day weekend, in 10 days. 21 fatalities in 10 days, all but two of them involved an impairment. It started off with a crash with an eight-year-old boy named Levi. He was killed by someone who was going 100 miles an hour who was impaired on marijuana. Uh, he was simply going to school. And so I had the opportunity that, ne that night, I was called to that scene. I worked with the fatal detectives at that scene. But that very night, we had the opportunity to meet with the traffic captain of Metro and the colonel of the Ohio Patrol and said, we have to do something. 
And so we created the DUI strike team. And just in over six months of these eight officers being on the roadways, as of last night, they have 832 arrests on our valley roadways. And again, that's just eight officers dedicated towards this. At any given time, there's about 650 officers between Las Vegas Metro, Ohio Patrol, and Henderson out on the roadways. But these guys are strategically deployed. This isn't a DUI checkpoint. They're out in unmarked cars, and they will find you, or they will find anybody who's driving impaired. They're very, very good at their job. Uh, it took them 152 days to get 500 arrests. In that 152 days, there was only two DUI fatalities. The year previous, there was 23. So we are doing something right. We know where the impaired drivers are coming from. There's no such thing as targeting. If you choose to drive impaired on our roadways, that's a threat to our society and it's gonna be taken care of. And so this is something that we're very, very proud of and it seems to be affecting great change. This next two slides is something that I talk about at Nellis Air Force Base. Uh, typical DUI now costs about 15 grand all said and done between legal fees, fines, and whatever you're sentenced to. I want to talk about Uber and Lyft real quick. To go from the M Resort, which is on the furthest south side of town, to the Nellis Air Force Base, which is the, almost the furthest thing north, is only about $28 in a Lyft, $30 in an Uber. Taxi lets a little bit more at 72, but it's still less than that 15 grand. So when we're talking to the airmen, there really is no excuse to get behind the wheel impaired these days. Fun fact, you can go from Las Vegas to New York City in an Uber for less than three grand. That's still cheaper than that 15 grand. <laughs> Distracted driving. Uh, we've been filming a PSA the last few days, and we've been asking folks, what do you think the leading causes of traffic fatalities in Nevada is? The amount of people that said distracted driving, it's not a big of a, as big of a problem as people think. Out of those 331 fatalities, only 15 were contributed to distracted driving. Okay, it is a problem. It causes minor crashes more than it causes fatalities, but it's still something we have to talk about. There's plenty of uh, different distractions that can distract you behind the wheel. Question I often get is, can you get a distracted driving ticket for eating or drinking? Yes. Okay, we have two different laws here in the state of Nevada. We have a handheld electronic device, which is the cell phone law, and then we also have a failure to maintain full-time attention to the roadway. One of my favorite stories, real briefly, I was with the DUI strike team the other week. We're driving down the 15, even at two in the morning, it's still 100 degrees. We're looking forward to finding an impaired driver. We're going down the 15. We have a driver going in between the one lane or the left lane, all the way. We're going, great, we have one. Pull him over, walk up to the car. He's eating a bowl of cereal in his lap and driving with his knee, okay? That's a hazard. You're not gonna go to jail for it, but you are, you are going to receive a distracted driving citation for that. There's a whole lot of living that goes on uh, in that time that you look down at your phone. It takes about four and a half seconds to look and sometimes send a text. At 55 miles an hour, you're gonna cover the distance of a football field. This next video uh, is a little, it's a little much. It's not graphic necessarily, but it is a car crash, but there's an important lesson to learn. Okay, a few things I like to point out here very quickly. The reason why they turned is because if you pay attention, traffic is stopped up ahead, okay? So they, they were driving distracted, they looked up, they saw traffic stopped ahead. They had two options. What's over here? Nothing. What's over here? A whole lot of living, okay? Anybody want to guess why they went left instead of right? Most people are right-handed and they text with their right hand. They're driving with their left.
they look up, people, people go left before they turn right. And that simple decision to drive distracted caused a whole lot of destruction that day. It is illegal to use your cell phone or any electronic device. One of the questions we often receive is why do the cops get to use it? If every cop had to stop and look at their laptop or use their radio, 911 response times would be about two hours and not 26 minutes. Okay, so it is something that it is written into the law. Do they use it when they're not supposed to be? Yes, and we're addressing that. Uh, but it is something just to head off one of the questions because we usually get that one. Stop on red. One of the most unpopular things I've ever done is support red light cameras. Boo, you know. It was the idea that this legislative session we had the opportunity to address a problem. I think everybody who drives on our roadways can understand we have a problem with people running red lights. And it's not one or two, it's three, four, or five taking that illegal right or that illegal left turn now. To put up a camera to enforce that law is not the worst idea, in my opinion. As one in five people admit to running a red light in the last 10 intersections, this is a Nevada stat. These are the people that you are driving with. These are the people in the room. One of the questions we like to answer real quickly, uh, there's a lot of confusion still about the flashing yellow. You treat the flashing yellow as, a, um, as basically the same as a green bulb. You have to yield. You cannot enter the intersection until you have the clear to go. Um, that was something that this has reduced the amount of right-of-way crashes. It has reduced crashes. It hasn't caused crashes. Uh, and so this is something that has successfully reduced some of the intersection fatalities that we've seen. This one's just a personal pet peeve of mine, so I like to talk about it. This would solve most of our traffic congestion. If the people in the right lane turned into the next right lane, or if they turned into the next left lane, it would solve a lot of problems. Okay, this is the law also. This isn't just courtesy. This is the law in the state of Nevada. That would be an unsafe lane change in an intersection. Pedestrian safety, and I know I'm going through these pretty quick, but I do want to allow time for questions. Uh, pedestrian safety, we're one of the only states that has one-third of our fatalities are pedestrian fatalities. So out of those 331, almost 100 were pedestrians. Uh, this is a number that I'm definitely not proud of. I started in traffic safety again in 2009, and it's only gone up. Uh, we did have a decrease in 2018, uh, slightly, but we're still not celebrating it because that's 81 uh, folks that did not go home safely at the end of the day. We're very, very blunt about pedestrian safety at our office. Pedestrian safety is a two-way street. Okay, we have to make sure that the pedestrians and the drivers are both responsible for safety. Pedestrians need to be crossing where they are legally supposed to. Drivers need to make sure that they're driving sober, not driving distracted. When we talk about pedestrian safety, folks often think that it's their kids going to school. That's not the case. The number one demographic of pedestrian fatalities is males 46 to 55. We see a lot of these on Flamingo, right out here. We see a lot on Boulder Highway. Uh, we see a lot on Tropicana and Maryland Parkway as well. One of the number one things you can do is wear bright clothing if you choose to walk. It, whether it's in your neighborhood or whether it's down one of the major streets. This is a picture from a few years ago when the gal jumped to the curb on the strip and hit a bunch of people. I'm the jolly green giant in the middle. You can see me. There's about 13 Metro officers standing there that you can't see. Wearing reflective clothing is one of the easiest things that you can do to help protect yourself if you happen to be walking, which you should. We have a beautiful community. One of the last things I like to mention uh, is if anything didn't resonate with you, I like to show this map and I change this map everywhere I go. For those of you who do not notice this real quick, this is Flamingo, this is Howard Hughes, this is Paradise, this is Koval. 
It's about a, a block and a half in each direction. Does anybody want to guess how many crashes? This is just the crashes from 2018 and so far this year in 2019. How many crashes is on this map? 120, 150, 500 is pretty close. There are 572 total crashes reported to the police department in 2018 and so far this year in 2019. A few things I like to point out, and the map's a little hard to see. The orange squares are uh, injuries. Injuries is anything from a claimed injury to a serious injury. The reds are fatals. The blues are property damage only. To break these down for you real quickly, 60 of these out of the 572 were caused by impaired drivers. 21 of them were caused by distracted drivers. Uh, 99 was failure to yield the right of way, so someone who turned when they weren't supposed to. Uh, 121 involved speed. It's a very fast roadway to begin with. We have very fast roads here in Las Vegas. Go the speed limit. 52 were hit and run, and out of those 52, 51 were caught. So many, many props to Las Vegas Metro on that one. The two fatalities were both pedestrians, unfortunately. One was the pedestrian's fault, one was the driver's fault. Again, demonstrating the purpose that we need to make sure uh, it's a two-way street. The youngest driver was 13. You cannot drive at the age of 13, but the youngest driver was 13. The oldest driver was 79. So I think we covered the age range in this room pretty well between 13 and 79. Okay, these are relating, these are regular people. They're going to work. You know, and you might not be the one that causes these crashes but you're the one that's going to be involved in one of these. So at the end of the day, there's several things you can do to ensure your safety, and that's what we hope to cover. Our website, in case you're curious, is zero, t or excuse me, I was in a different meeting, or di different presentation, zerofatalitiesnv.com. Uh, again, we covered this pretty quickly. And one of the other things that I promise every single group, this is my, my number that I answer 24-7, this is my email that I answer 24-7. If I don't answer your question today about traffic safety, I encourage you to call me because I will give you the right answer. The idea of government is that we should be able to answer the, the people's questions and not bounce you around between agencies. I do not want to ask or answer a question about HOV today because I have nothing to do with HOV lanes. <laughs> you know, but, you know, and that's the only time I'm gonna pass the buck to somebody else. Uh, but we did, I w again, went through that pretty quickly to allow any questions uh, for traffic safety. And so if we could pass the mic around and I will uh, see how many we can get through. I went to an interesting presentation by a Cornell professor on artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. So what is your projection for that? Sure. Great question, and thank you. Uh, I love this question. And this isn't something that I talk about often because it's not going to reduce fatalities in my lifetime. Okay? And one of the reasons why is the cars that are being designed currently on self-driving, they're designed to follow the law. Most people who drive don't want to follow the law and they're going to get frustrated when they're actually going 45 and they're going to break the law. And then the other answer to that one too is I own several classic cars and over my dead body would I ever give the right to a way to drive those cars. And so, you know, in 3030, I would project zero fatalities because nobody will be driving. But it's going to take outlawing those cars and the people that drive them and the ability to, de, uh, you know, take the function of self-driving away. Uh, but until we take the human behavior component out, it's almost more distracting to have those. Uh, several cars have lane departure warning, uh, the auto um, cruise control. 
Most people that have them, 80% of those people do not use those features. They turn them off, and AAA released a study today that's fascinating that actually shows uh, anybody 55 plus is more distracted by those safety features than it is beneficial. And so I think we have a lot of work to do, and it's really easy, and other states have done it, uh, that they say, hey, traffic fatalities are gonna go down because we're gonna have self-driving cars. We need to focus on what's happening, and that's the behaviors that were on the screen. Great question. Hi there, I'm Rosalie. Um, my question for you is, are your efforts of what you're doing going to help us with our insurance rates for automobiles in Nevada? Absolutely. And as someone who lives, uh, was born and raised in Las Vegas, and you know, up until recently, I was a young, risky driver as well. Uh, you know, I paid a lot of money in insurance, and I understand that the overall goal is to reduce fatalities, but if we reduce fatalities, we're gonna to see tons of benefits across the board. Increase the quality of life, lower insurance rates. You know, it, it's that simple. And so yes, we do expect, and we are working with our, our insurance partners to you know, make sure that they understand what we're trying to achieve and what we are achieving. You know, the fact that we're down 90% on impaired driving fatalities in a window is promising. And that should hopefully reflect. Our goal only is to reduce that number of fatalities, but there will be many byproducts from that. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> my name is Joe Murak. Uh, what is your feeling about the cell phones that are in the car? They don't, uh, you don't handle them, you just, um, they, it's turned on. So a call comes, you can answer it. Absolutely, and great question, thank you. Uh, I think you know, we, we often talk about the spirit of law versus the letter of the law. The letter of the law is that you're allowed to have that mounted to your windshield as long as it's not driving the, blocking the driver's view. Anytime that you do anything, and there were several of those listed on there, even talking hands-free on your phone is a distraction. Talking to passengers is a distraction. We're asking folks to drive a you know, two-ton vehicle down the roadway at times. We want to make sure that they focus just on that driving. You know, I would rather it see it mounted than not in their hand, but I would like to get to a day where there is no distractions behind the wheel, but that's about as possible as zero fatalities. So, to be honest, you know, so we're, we're working towards it, but again, I believe that was an improvement in the right direction. Thank you. Andrew, uh, what about mad mothers? Are they still around? Mothers Against Drunk Driving, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what if we see somebody that uh, is not behaving correctly? What Very do good. we do? Absolutely. And I, I usually try to cover that one because that is a great question. We do ask you that if you believe that you're behind someone who's impaired, and there's a few things to look for, swerving, no headlights, heavy acceleration, heavy braking, you should call 911, not 311. Call 911, or if you're on the freeway, call star NHP. That's our dispatch number. You'll get directly uh, to a, a NHP uh, dispatcher. Uh, but with that strike team out there, the bulk majority of those arrests came from citizens calling them in. Uh, you know, a little controversial, but I'm going to talk about it. The North Las Vegas chief that was uh, arrested for DUI the other day was someone who called him in, okay? And it only took 18 minutes, which is pretty good for the Highway Patrol, to catch up to that vehicle and conduct their investigation. So we do encourage you to call 911 or Star HP to report a suspected impaired driver. I have a question on Red Arrow turn lane. You have all red lights, but there is turn lane, red light, but an arrow. What does it mean? Sure. Can we take a left turn there? No. Red means stop, you know, and that, that's uh, pretty clear. Um, especially with the red arrows, if you're trying to turn right, that doesn't mean, with the red arrow, you, with the red arrow, you're not allowed to take the right on red at that point. 
If it's a red arrow, just like if you have, uh, or unlike if you have the red ball, you can't take that right on that red. If it's a red arrow, you can't take that right. You can't take the left either if it's a red arrow. Only time you can turn left on, a, on an arrow is if it's green or if it's flashing yellow. Those are the only two times you can take that left turn. So you see the red arrows a lot. Uh, so a, this is a little bit more engineering than I'm used to, but a red arrow means that you can have the possibility of a green arrow, which everybody likes a green arrow because you're not yielding to folks. Um, but you also see the left, or with the left turns, you see the red arrow if there's a double left turn lane because you can't have a red ball there because that wouldn't make sense. You have to have a, if it's a double left turn, you have to make sure you have the, the red arrow. That's confusing to me. Sure. Really simple, green means go, red means stop. Hi, uh, thank you for coming to talk to us. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, for those of you uh, who haven't gone through this, you know, it's, it's a statistic until it happens to someone you know. And we, one of our family friends lost their 19-year-old son a few months ago to an impaired driver who T-boned him. So this is uh, probably the most miserable weekend of my life was going to all the, the services in the wake. So... I really appreciate your coming out to talk to us and, and to make everybody aware. Uh, my question is this. Um, it seems to me, anecdotally, driving around Las Vegas, that people run red lights here more than any place I've ever been. Is, is there some statistical basis to that, or am I just uh, seeing things? Thank you for the question. One of the studies that our office has done that I appreciated was one of the questions that we often receive is, does Las Vegas have more DUI drivers because it's Las Vegas? because it's Sin City? The answer is no. We have the same amount of DUI drivers that Topeka, Kansas does by population. And so we looked across the board with all the behaviors. The only place that we really spike with uh, fatality rates because of violations like running red lights is pedestrians. Nevada has a pedestrian safety problem, but across the board, whether it's intersections, uh, impaired driving, distracted driving, by population, we're among the average. We will hope to lead, you know, we're not very great at many things here at the state. You know, we're last in education, last in healthcare. If traffic safety can be the number one thing that we're good at, I think that's a good goal. And so no, to answer your question, no, we don't have a higher rate uh, than other places. But in, unfortunately, one red light runners, one too many. Thank you. Um, the numbers that you gave us on the DUI strike team mm -hmm. of just eight police officers is amazing. That's correct. Um, can they make that a larger department? Sure. And so thank you for the question. And again, I, I echo that, you know, it, it is incredible that we have eight officers doing 800 arrests in about six months. Um, you know, every officer, for the, most officers, you know, if they were to see someone driving, swerving, they would conduct that stop and it would result in a DUI arrest. Having that specific team has been incredible for both communication efforts. You know, people, it was on the news all the time when we first started it. And we'll, it'll be on the news again when we reach 1,000 by the end of this month, probably. Um, you know, so it is one of those things where to ask the sheriff or you know his captain and the colonel of the high patrol for those bodies was a big ask. You know, but at the end of the day, it's saving lives, and we do hope to expand it. The two holes on that map was North Las Vegas and Henderson as well. Uh, they're not actively participating in it. We hope to change that. We hope to add additional resources, whether it's the school police. You know, there's, there's several different, there's 26 departments here just in Las Vegas uh, that we hope to add resources from. So I, I've, I'm very grateful for Metro and NHP for what they've contributed so far. And if they happen to find them, the bodies, we would love to have them. I see too many people driving on the freeway with no lights on. 
And I attribute that to the daytime running lights that are on at the nighttime. And I wondered if automobile manufacturers are addressing that so that people will turn on their lights and not drive a, a blackened car on sure. the freeway. Thank you for the question. And that's one of, uh, through this number, that's one of the most common things that I get is folks driving without their headlights at night. And it's because they have their, their daylights on that are so bright that they think that their headlights are on. And so our office works with uh, NHTSA, which is the National Traffic Safety Administration, to address those issues and provide feedback. And it is something that we have the opportunity annually uh, to meet with the automakers at a state level and try to voice our concern. And that is something that Nevada plans to bring forward uh, this year, coming up in the, actually in the next three weeks. Thank you. So uh, growing up in Philadelphia 50 years ago, I managed to get enough points on a speeding ticket to be required to attend driving school, which was once a week uh, seeing a movie for a month. And it was the most heart-wrenching uh, kind of aftermaths of accidents with the uh, police uh, uh, talking to the family and fatalities. And I'll tell you that 50 years later, and to this day, uh, it's affected my driving. Is there any sort of similar program here in, in uh, Nevada uh, for either uh, drivers who have had problems or just maybe showing it to school kids? Sure, uh, thank you for the question. And I, I, I hate to point a finger at a problem uh, that might be politically an issue, but the fact that if you receive a speeding ticket or a DUI, that only 20% of the time it's actually convicted as that ticket or that DUI, that is a problem. We have way too many options in this town for people to get out of a DUI or out of a ticket. The prosecution rate for DUIs currently in Southern Nevada is 20%. That is unacceptable. The fact that you can go pay someone 10 grand and it gets dropped down to a reckless driving and you don't have to sit through those programs is a problem. Out of the DUI fatalities that we had last year, almost 30% of them had had a DUI previously, but it was knocked down to a reckless driving. That's a problem. And so we have those systems in place, but whether the, you know, our good friends at the DA office and the courts choose to put people in that program is up to them. We have those programs in place and we would love to use them more than they're currently being used. Andrew, I also would like to thank you for being here. The education may not only save us a ticket, it might save a life, so very much appreciated. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the education part of it. We were talking about the flashing yellow, and there's questions about a red, arrow red. A lot of us in the room my age probably, you know, they got their license 35 years ago, 40 years ago, and we took our tests and we haven't received information about the flashing yellow and we haven't received this kind of information. Is there, are there any pamphlets or, or could we do a mailer to everybody when we have something new like that to educate us? I think that would help us a great deal because I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus at my table, but it seems like a lot of us on the flashing yellow will pull up into the intersection, waiting there for it to clear if we see a few cars coming and they make the left. And when you say you've got to wait at the, at the line, it makes sense, but... Uh, sure. education would help that. Great, and thank you for the question. Uh, one of the bills that we're very pleased with that was passed this last legislative session addressed the reoccurring education component. And so the DMV, in conjunction with my office, uh, is now required to educate the public about the changing of the laws. And I think one of the most efficient ways we're going to do that is including every time that you renew your license, uh, you know, we're going to push out information. But that's one where, you know, the state can't take all the workload. Uh, you know, we need to make sure that, you know, when you have that license, you're responsible for knowing those laws. And so the easiest thing to do is between the DMV website and our zero fatalities website, we, we have already updated it for the new laws that go into effect October 1st. 
Uh, the biggest one being that moped riders are now required to wear helmets starting October 1st. And so the website's the easiest way for us to do it. That doesn't mean it's the greatest way to do it, uh, but it's the most economic way of doing it for us. And so the websites, DMV websites, and our website is your best bet. Thank you. I'm in the real estate business, so from time to time we see developers uh, trying to develop a corner and they want to put a light in and the jurisdictions won't allow it because of warrants, and which basically means some people have to die there before they put that out. Is that something you run into or wish to address? Sure. So one of, uh, one of the requests for information that I received uh, recently uh, for anybody on the Henderson side of town was when they put in the Costco on Amigo and St. Rose. There was a lot more uh, traffic on Amigo on the north side of St. Rose than we had seen in the past. And, you know, we have that map of the crashes in real time. And, again, sometimes it's difficult to find the person to talk to. You know, and so someone might be saying no that doesn't have the authority to say no. And if you guys ever have any questions about crashes at your block, I'd be more than willing to pull those data requests. I do about 30 of them a day because it takes me just a few seconds. You get a map, just like I received, you know, I, I showed you guys today about this location. Uh, I'll send you the raw data, I'll send you the map, and I'll help you point you in the right direction for the, the city or the county. Last question. Does your department work with NDOT in terms of the traffic safety? And if so, is there some standard by which they operate? Have five dead people before they put in a traffic signal? Sure. So I'm not saying sure to the, 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 the five dead people. Um, one of the things, so yes, our office, and I usually talk about it, but I deleted the slide today for time, is our office, work, or the Department of Public Safety uh, works very, very closely with our, our Department of Transportation. The relationship that we have with the DOT is a national model. We're very, very proud of our, our relationship with the DOT. The DOT is responsible for very few local roadways. You know, uh, they're, they're responsible for the major ones. Uh, 160, which is Blue Diamond, Boulder Highway, um, exactly. And so it is one, but like even uh, Boulder Highway and Blue Diamond now are split up between six, you know, four, four jurisdictions, no matter, depending on where you're at. Um, and I think the, the work that they've done on Boulder Highway, it took a second and there were several fatalities during that process. But Boulder Highway used to be one of the deadliest roads in America, with, especially with pedestrian fatalities. There was one year that there was almost 18 pedestrian fatalities on just that one road. None so far this year because of the inf infrastructure that they put in so far. The problem is infrastructure is very expensive and they gotta make sure that they put it in the locations. There is not a quota of crashes, but it is a component in their decision. The number one thing that you can do to affect uh, change in your community is share your voice. Call the director of the DOT. You know, and I'm sure she'll love that I said that, you know, but it, it is one of those where, you know, when I hear from folks, I make sure I pass on that information to make sure it gets to the right person. So at the end of the day, if you think something is wrong, and I've received several of those, and after pulling the crash data, I, I believe most people to begin with, you know, but when we look at it on the data side or when I go to drive it myself, most of the time the community's right. You guys drive these roads every single day. You understand where the problems are. You have to make sure that the people that are here to develop those roadways and keep you safe or aware of the problem. Uh, so with that, uh, thank you so much for your guys' time. Andrew, thank you very much. Very timely information. You can see our members are very interested in the subject matter, so thank you very much. I'd like to present you with our Share What You Can Award, which means we're going to make a donation to the local USO in your name. Thank you so much.
In the words of a woman I most admire, Amelia Earhart, no kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action leads to another. Let's leave today building connections, taking kind action, serving one another, and rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Meeting adjourned. We hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from the Las Vegas Rotary Club. For more information about future meetings, membership, and our local service projects, please visit lasvegasrotary.com. Now please go out, take action, and connect the world.